0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Boom Goddess Podcast Project with your hosts, myself, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks, Jennifer Davis Page, and Bibi Peters. This podcast aims to ignite inspiration in primetime women by creating a super learning community, a safe space for all women to contribute their voices and visions. For more information on this episode, and to learn more, visit us at boomgoddessradio.com. It's September already, and doesn't that kind of signal like the beginning of something? Or, I guess if we were in school, it would signal
1: certainly the end of something. And here in Tucson, right, we're feeling it too, even though the temps are kind of high and the leaves aren't falling off the trees. But there is a less humid, uh, clearer air around us, I think. I think if you tuned into subtleties
0: when
2: you live here in the Northwest, you notice things like that. Well, you know, when Chicago, right after Labor Day, the leaves would start changing and you'd have to immediately go from a sleeveless blouse to a sweater. It seemed like every Labor Day, right at that Monday, it was time to put a sweater on, and you knew fall was coming.
0: And that scent, there was that scent in the air, and I don't feel it here in the Southwest, but I just came back from Maine, and I took little pictures of falling leaves because that was something that I hadn't seen in a long time, just the ordinary falling leaf and that
1: smell in the air. Kind of a burnt smell, don't you think? It's uh, that's uh, sort of a northeast smell. Well, I think it's the mulching
0: of all the fallen yes. leaves and all the end of end of summer kind of um, plant smell. But then sometimes, like people start making little fires um, in their fireplaces just to take the edge off in the morning. Well, you know,
2: friends of mine that have moved from the from from the Northeast to uh, California or to Arizona, they do tell me that they miss the seasons. They do miss looking out of the window and seeing the beautiful changing of the leaves. And they do miss snowfalls. I moved down here because I didn't want to see another snowfall, but there are some people that have changed their location that really do go to New York to get that that um, fix. that fix of, of cold so they can wear a sweater and gloves. And so I haven't had that problem yet, but some people tell me they do. I loved being in Maine because
0: there was that it was a change in energy. And I think that usually back in the day, September ushered in a change of energy, but also an opportunity to be on the threshold of a,
1: of a first of a change, of a uh, different perspective. And and I think that's what fall kind of brings to mind to all of us. Uh, You know, we just had this big day of September 9th, 2016, which is a big uh, 999 number from a universal and spiritual perspective. And the fall is the beginning. It's the um, it's the reflection of where we've been and then what is happening next. What feels right? Yeah, it's right at the interface
0: of something that we're leaving and something that we're beginning, like
2: maybe we have a new teacher or maybe there are new kids in our class. Well, you know, this is uh, the weekend of 9-11, and this is the 15th anniversary of that that awful day, and I wanted to just talk a little bit about that. I um, was living in Chicago that that morning, and you know we were all very, very much affected by it. I had friends that were in the tower that didn't get out, and I, I had a friend in New York whose whose son was the fire marshal in the in Tower Two, and they asked him. They told them to stay put. And he as the fire marshal did exactly as he was told. And of course, um, all of them perished. So there's, there's so many just tragic stories, but I didn't want our, um, our episode today to go by with it not at least acknowledging that this is the 15th anniversary. And I'd like to ask both of you, what were you doing that, that tragic morning, Bibi? Where were you in
1: the country? Well, at that time I was in Seattle, Washington, and just watching it on TV and thinking that this is probably just a demonstration that's not actually happening. They are doing a depiction of what could happen if something were to go awry. I couldn't believe that it was the reality of what we were, we, what we were facing that day. Yeah, it's like the definition of shock.
0: Uh, you know, we don't even psychologically, we can't even accept something that's so discordant, so out of place. Um, I was in New York. Um, I was on Long Island and I was teaching um, that morning. I was doing a program um, for financial planners and accountants and somebody left and and picked up the news. Um, but I think immediately my the reaction in my body is what I remembered from that shock I was literally shaking inside all day all day this this tremor inside of me which I I think was actually shock I was literally in shock and I wasn't even there my brother was there he had come out of the subway at nine o'clock into that mayhem But I was shaking all day. It was the first time in my life that I actually was encouraged by a friend to drink a glass of wine. He suggested that that would stop my shaking, and it did.
2: Were you able to see the smoke from where you were?
0: Yes, and I was able to smell the smell four weeks because what i remember is that it was the most gorgeous series of high pressure days Mm -hmm. it certainly was you know clear as a bell and so it took a long time for the weather to shift and therefore the um the stench if you will Mm -hmm. um and it was the most uncommon smell i've Mm -hmm. never sniffed anything like that Hung around for a long time, and then of course the city was like a ghost town. My mother was in the hospital in the city, so I had no choice but to go into the city to check on her. But she was uptown, and and but it was a weird
2: holiday, and it was a holy day. It was. I I I've, I've been reading stories about people that were supposed to be in the towers that morning, and for one incident or another they were late getting there or they um, were supposed to be on those planes and for one reason or another they missed their flights and those were compelling stories to me. I um, was listening to, I know Patty Austin who's one of my favorite singers, And she's the goddaughter of Quincy Jones and just a magnificent voice and she was in in New York doing a tribute to Michael Jackson and she was supposed to there was a uh, uh, two-day tribute to Michael Jackson that was going on in, in Manhattan and she was supposed to be singing the second night her mother had a stroke in California so she decided that she would sing the first night and then get to California the next day well had that not happened she would have been on America's flight uh, American Airlines flight going to California.
0: You know it brings up the fact that that day did signal the beginning of a whole new era in our history Mm -hmm. maybe for many of us like you're describing a whole new way of looking at life and September I guess will always be that trigger for us alongside of all the other triggers of autumn and new beginnings uh, a, a real shift in consciousness. I wonder how our listeners' consciousness is shifting this September. Whether it smells like September or not, It is a new beginning. For most things, there's a new beginning.
1: And I'm noticing that there is a change in nature as well. Uh, The other day I was in the pool and these two huge eagles were... Uh, roaming about and hovering over me and maybe checking out the area or seeing if perhaps my hat was actually some sort of prey. But it was so interesting to see them. And then I'm noticing a ton of yellow butterflies and they're wonderful, pure yellow in color. And that signifies a change, a September, a fall here. So nature has those changes, right? And we have those changes as well. And there is one little story that I want to share with you both. And I'm calling it uh, What Possessed Me. And this is about this past week where, on a Thursday afternoon, uh, right after my uh, yoga class, I uh, said, well, I have some leftover, uh, you know, shrimp in the fridge. How about if I would make a bouillabaisse? And um, I said, sure, let's go and do that. Well, after the yoga class, we had to go by two different stores, get home. It wasn't until 6.10 that I began to make it. I said, oh, for sure, we'll be eating by 10 o'clock. Uh, at 6 57 I was done making the bouillabaisse, including that little root tool thing, which is, you know, it has um, garlic in it, it has olive oil, it has salt, and a couple of other things, and you add that to your bouillabaisse. I got fresh fish from the store, um, had some frozen uh, clams and mussels. The dish was fantastic, and it took me only from 610 to 657. So, a new beginning for me I don't think I've ever done a bouillabaisse never mind knowing how to spell it but here I was making it that Thursday night so you were ushering in a new season yes. of committing to culinary art that's right that's and right. she doesn't have a bit
2: of southern blood ladies and gentlemen not a bit of southern blood
1: but as I was making it and layering all the ingredients I was thinking of you Jennifer mm-hmm. and your beautiful uh, dish that you make from New Orleans what is it Remind G- me? Gumbo or jambalaya? Yes, 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 yeah, exactly. And I've had it and I've tasted it and it's so fantastic, but it's that was that layering of ingredients and the aromas that sort of brought fall onto me. You know, it's so interesting because I could say the same thing about last night.
0: I had defrosted salmon, wild salmon, and we we were trying to decide, well, how are we gonna prepare it? And I had this vision of the pesto that I knew that I had left in the refrigerator before vacation. So I thought maybe coating the salmon with a little pesto and making some pasta on the side. So my husband Michael and I started doing that together and then when I opened the pesto it was disappointingly um, over the hill yes mm-hmm. and so I decided I'm going to make some fresh pesto right now I, let me see if I remember how to do it and I ran outside I grabbed the basil plant which had proliferated amazingly oh. while I was gone and threw in some um, mm-hmm. some walnuts and some pignoli nuts and some olive oil and some garlic and some parmesan cheese and I whipped it up and voila and voila, and voila! It didn't come out as green as I would have liked it, but I was able to use it as a coating for the fish. It was wonderful.
2: This sounds like the Food Network, ladies. This it sounds is. like
1: the Food Network. I know. So it's like, what possessed
2: me to do that?
0: Well, I, you know, I think... I think for me, you know, coming back from a vacation, um, kind of all my routines were disrupted. And I guess trying to ground myself, cooking is kind of a grounding. I mean, I didn't have any anything really fresh from the supermarket, so I was dealing with what existed. And luckily, I have that basil in my garden. But I think that a new season requires, in a way, kind of a new order. And as lovely
1: as vacations are... It totally disrupted my order. Yeah, and I think sometimes we fall into a routine like myself with Pilates. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of that, right? And then it dawned on me that perhaps I'm ready now to try yoga for I think the third or fourth time in my life. And this time, this happened on Thursday, the same day, same night of the Base. Um, I did a yoga class, and it was fantastic. It was so refreshing. It helped me with my shoulder discomfort. It stretched me. It was so exciting to feel that difference. And now I'm saying, I'm going to be doing more yoga. So something shifted inside of you. Yes.
2: Well, you know, you're talking about having... Uh, fresh fish from the market. I had dinner the other night with a friend who just came back from Cuba and so he wanted to show me all the pictures and you talk about a new beginning I mean Cuba is that's great you know it's it's really wonderful and he had wonderful pictures but some of the pictures that really uh, fascinated me were the beautiful red snapper right out of the sea. No supermarket, no sitting on ice for days, but right out of the sea. And uh, the, the fisherman had it and it went right to the restaurant, right to the woman's table where she fixed. And he said, it was the most magnificent fish. He's 70 years old. We were celebrating our birthdays together. He said, I've never had fresh fish like this in my life. He absolutely loved the Cuban experience he said the people were fascinating the pictures were incredible and it's a poor country now but he tells me that there are hotels from of course no american hotels but there are hotels from all over the world that are there and quite lovely capitalizing on the new opportunity but these are people that have been there for these are hotels that have been there for years because people from around the world have been visiting cuba for a long time i mean americans were the only ones that weren't permitted to visit. And he had pictures of the uh, young children rolling Cuban cigars. It was really, really uh, fascinating. I'm not quite sure if Cuba's on my bucket list yet, but he told stories that were um, really good stories. So it might have to get on my bucket list one day. So would you say that you're refreshing your bucket list for this year? I think I am. I think I'm going to refresh my bucket list. It's it's very impressive right now, but I think I'm going to refresh it and um, and add Cuba to it. It's so interesting the things that impact us to change.
1: Yeah, and I want to hear a little bit more about your main. Uh, experience Um, because we saw those hammocks that were billowing in the wind and the sound of the lake and how how was that impact on you so when we get back let's talk a little bit about that impact We're back with Dr. Andrea Gould and Jennifer Davis Page, and this is B.B. Peters, and we're talking about Change and newness and September and new beginnings and impact. What the impact is on our lives of the choices that we make and new beginnings that we have. And we just uh, wanted to ask Dr. Andrea a little bit more about your stay in Maine. You were there for a little more than two weeks. And tell us about that. How it felt. What the impact of that time off was on there's, you. There's so much impact.
0: I think the first thing that struck me. coming from the Southwest and going to the Northeast was the contrast. I was like melancholy, like, oh, remember fog? Mm. Remember falling leaves? Remember water? Mm. (laughs) Remember moisture? Remember humidity and how it affects one's hair and one's skin? And it um, it was charming to me to play with those contrasts. But also just... Um, witnessing the, um, you know, the the root of the word vacation, to vacate, how easily I forgot about my life here and was totally, because I was living so close to the land, totally absorbed in you know, what the sun was doing and, and where outside to be and being so close to water. It was so elemental. Uh, I think the effect of that emptying, however beautiful, is was so striking to return when all of a sudden everything then comes in on me in this case and what it took for me to begin to get back into a routine and noticing that I might choose some new elements to my routine based on that emptying. Because once something is empty, it can refill itself with new things. And for me, it did refill itself with reading again instead of
1: listening to books on audio. And I imagine that as a psychologist, I imagine you at the end of each day as you're off in Maine to be reflecting every single day and saying, what did I feel today? What, how, how did it affect me? What did it do for me? What am I going to take away from it? Do you do that sort of I thing? I do do that. And it's not even at the end of the day.
0: I think um, if you're making that distinction, I think I do it almost every minute. Um, wow. some, somehow inside me I'm um, reacting to what I'm experiencing it's like driving a car you know so if it's going around a corner I turn my wheel if I have to stop I stop but there's a responsiveness I think between the outer world and my inner world almost moment to moment I think it may come from
1: being a meditator so it's an, an awareness. You sort of acknowledge it in your mind that something is transpiring or that you're feeling something. I acknowledge it in my mind. And what I do
0: do, um, not so much anymore at the end of the day like I used to as a young woman, but um, I at the beginning of the new day, I often reflect on the day before. And I'm a journal keeper. So I've got documents from since um, for 40 years uh, locked up in the garage in a <laughs> campaign trunk of all my journals up until up until now Reflecting. so journaling yeah so mm. journaling
1: is really the action of it's reflection a, a delicious uh process to uh experience in our life it right it, it's a useful process useful for process. sure especially mm. when you mm. when you reread
0: things and sometimes like rereading about 9 11 you know yes. i mean it just brings it all back
2: Did it take you a little while to, when you arrived in Maine, did it take you a little while to kind of decompress? I think the first
0: indication was that we didn't have Wi-Fi. It wasn't connected. (laughs) And so I was often running into how do I solve this problem for a good number of hours. And then I realized that what am I doing? You know, here's a blessing Mm -hmm. that connection isn't absolutely necessary and um i learned to use directory assistance i i I learned to use a landline again but this was all very disorienting to me because (laughs) it was really like it was back in 1980s
2: well that couldn't have been bad sometimes we we perhaps we need to do that perhaps we need to not have wi-fi um did she have was there television did you have you see now that's Denver, that would like I would have had to, to, to cross okay. the road on this one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, But no television, and but I I think I would have been um, a little rattled by that um, because as I I told both of you a story about the time I went to Glacier National Park and I stayed at this beautiful 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 hotel and I walk in my room. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and there's no flat screen anywhere. I opened up every door I saw, which, which I thought would lead me to the television room. And of course, it did not. So I understand what you mean about no television. But fortunately, I had movies in my suitcase and a DVD, <laughs> and a DVD player. But that can be a little disconcerting.
0: But it was disconcerting after a while, though. At, at, in the moment, but I, as soon as I caught up with myself, I recognized that this was an opportunity. Yep, absolutely. And I think the most frustrating for me, because I'm not a television watcher for the most part, was I could not respond right away to anything that I knew as an email or as a phone call that had come in while I was traveling. There was no rapid response. Mm-hmm. And that took me a while. It was like I hit a wall and there was no way of getting through that wall and I needed to sort of calm down and let go and surrender and that all happened of course in in the first day um, to to make that surrender but it is an adjustment period just as as it is an adjustment in coming back to so much that you push away while you're Mm -hmm. gone
2: well that must have been calming though I mean was it Did you sleep well? I mean, was it? Were there crickets? I saw you. You were near the lake. I mean, did you sleep well at night? It was amazing to be able to sleep in the air. It was Mm -hmm. like camping
0: Mm -hmm. because the house was open to the pond, the to the lake. So that's very soothing and something here in our summer, in the Southwest, that we're kind of cut off from you know if we want to sleep at all
1: the monsoons though when right. they come here you know that rain it's certainly and you know, i miss it and i
0: missed that rain but For you sure. wrote to me and you said yes. it's good that you weren't landing that day because it was quite stormy it was well we've got
2: three more weeks of monsoon season but when i saw the pictures of the lake i i sent you an email saying that because i'm from parts of the country there is water too and being here in the desert you really do miss it I mean you miss you know seeing the the beautiful water so that must have been very peaceful too right and
0: experiencing Mm -hmm. the moisture um so I felt like I was watered and so I feel refreshed especially after by the way swimming in this incredible pond where Mm -hmm. I felt like I could actually drink the water while I was swimming it was Mm -hmm. it was like being a fish it was really we were talking about fish. It was like being. It was like being right, a fish. Right. But I think the issue is refreshment, okay. and what it takes for us to refresh ourselves even on a daily basis, and how important it is because we're
2: dedicated to self care and sharing with our listeners about self care. How often should we refresh, though? I mean, how often? When when do you know that it's time to refresh? Like that question because I think it's time for me to refresh. I think it's time for me to um, figure out a vacation or a quiet time. Um, my life is getting ready to shift a bit. So tell me, what do you, what do you ladies think?
1: Well, we're talking about refreshing, right? And, and how do we know that it's time to do that? Do we feel it? Do we think it? Do we see it? Do we read
0: about it? What is it? You know, Jennifer just Mentioned something so important she said i'm readying for a shift i am preparing for a shift i feel that a shift is in the wind or i know for sure that i have an appointment with a shift coming up
2: and what appointment is that i'm going to make an appointment with with a shift which is um quiet time for me quiet time i'm getting ready to transition from Uh, For all the listeners that have been hanging with us, you know that I take care of my 92-year-old mom six months out of the year, and my six months is almost up, and she's going back to my sisters. And then for those of you that know that I'm living apart together, my husband's getting ready to come down as a transition, but I've got a block of time. I've got a block of about eight weeks, I'm thinking to myself. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. more than a last block
0: time, of time. Yeah, so, last time you were wanting um,
2: a few weeks and you hardly had any. Yeah, so now I've got, I'm going to have about eight weeks, it seems. And uh, so I'm going to take time for me. Uh, you've, the, the Listeners, you've heard me promise, my, my goddess is here, that I was going to start uh, keeping a journal. And I'm going to start in these next few weeks. When I have some quiet time to myself, I'm gonna start journaling, which I'm excited about. I
0: I love that um, as we get older, I think one of the benefits of experience is that change just doesn't happen like, you know, September 30th is one thing and October 1st is another thing. It's one long flow. So if we respect ourselves, we know that we can take a transition or we can make a transition purposeful. Mm -hmm. We can say, don't come until I have my eight weeks. Or we could say, I need a break, and I'm going on a vacation to another place. Or we could say, I'm making a new promise to my body for
1: a new regimen that I am going to do, like a resolution. Yes, right, and then the other thing is, uh, not only the yoga part for me, but this class, TRX, I'm fascinated by it, where you suspend your body from like ropes or pulleys that you're holding onto, and you do different movements and shifts of your body and stretches. And I'm so excited to be able to do that. And I think here's the funny little part. Perhaps what I am putting the accountability on in the shift in my life is this idea of changing how my shoes are pointing out in my closet. You know, at our new, our wonderful monthly new uh, luncheon with these fabulous uh, women, one of our uh, speakers uh, talked about Feng Shui and how just shifting how your shoes point out as opposed to inward, Is going to unfold many changes well i did that and i am blaming all this change or i'm accounting for all this change and this shift on my shoes because i did that i i love when when we can
0: implement these kinds of reminders basically what we're doing is we're creating something in the environment that impacts us internally. Yes. And that's the beautiful thing about what I call feng shui. A lot of people call it feng shui, but it's called feng shui, um, is that we can put a reminder, like I can put a picture of a vase with all kinds of other triggers in it and i can create that state in myself so this is a good example of self-care and Fantastic. taking responsibility for the kind of feeling you want it's like painting your living room green because mm-hmm. you want to feel more serene or painting your bedroom red because you want to bring more passion to the bed mm-hmm. you know this is the beauty of feng shui and for my years in training and and consulting in feng shui it doesn't take very much all we have to do first is clear the clutter and that's what a vacation does it clears the clutter but and then in the new space we've got potential imagine the possibilities imagine
1: right and i was thinking of the clutter of clearing the clutter uh, both physically and in our minds as well and what uh, that does to our psychic and how we feel about life. Um, And it brought the idea of the word perfection to me. And I'll tell you what I was thinking in that uh, sometimes or quite often I say, oh, that's perfect. When whether what you say or what you do, I say that's perfect and someone would say well you don't need to be a perfectionist well it's not being a perfectionist it's acknowledging the the fate the occurrence the feeling of what is going on right now in our lives as sitting so finely on our skin that it feels
0: perfect I love Mm -hmm. that and that's that was also a, a a commentary on ease what creates ease in us and so circling back to how do I know it's time to refresh or how am I going to implement my knowing that it's time to refresh how am I going to give it to myself whatever it is and uh, I was talking to a good friend yesterday and she said now that I have a sprained ankle and I've got to be careful running around I'm going to write my book about helping youngsters prepare for the math age CTs and it was such a Good. I was so excited for her because it's a great use of her, her time. time. It's mm-hmm. a time in her life Well, now she's forced to sit still. Now she can go collect all of her lesson plans and put it in the book that makes her life easier because <laughs> she, as a math tutor, it's better if somebody has some secrets of success alongside the tutoring session. But that was a way that she was using enforced Yes. refreshment time yes. and if we find ourselves in a situation where we can't move or we have a constraint like I have to take care of my mother or in my case I have to be around for my father that's a constraint I'm happy to live with otherwise life is just too unlimited and too overwhelming but we want to make sure we're not using things as a thing, as an excuse not to grow or not to go or or not to expand our boundaries but I want to come back one more time to um, reflection and refreshment and how do we know when it's time when we get kind of crispy Mm -hmm. around the edges Mm -hmm. that might be a clue what's a clue for you when you know it's time to refresh
1: when i don't feel a sense of happiness or joy inside me uh, then i have to ask myself why is it that i'm feeling that way what's going on And how about for you, Jen? Edgy. I I tend to get a little,
2: a little edgy, and not as tolerant of things as I know I could be. Right. So your flow is not there. Yeah. You know that. Okay. This is not me, and I need to kind of take a look at this, and it's time for me just to to uh, refresh. And but you can. I I can only do that when the time is right, and the time. You know, my time is coming. So. I'm excited. Yes, and and that we can. If the
0: time is not right, how do we create enough time in the course of the day? Somebody Mm -hmm. raised the issue before. Um, When do we refresh in a day, in a week, and 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 in a sense, this wouldn't be true to um, life if we didn't say about sleep. Mm -hmm. Sleep Mm -hmm. is a natural refreshment, and for those and there's that we could do a whole a whole episode and we will sleep and we will but there is an enforced um uh, refreshment and people who work shifts and have to work double shifts and work through the night they get disordered inside and you know if we really go into that you know there's a lot of violence uh edgy is one end, Mm -hmm. right, but Mm -hmm. violent is another, when deprived of sleep, Mm -hmm. when deprived of refreshment. So it is incumbent upon us to know how to do it and to take responsibility for it in our lives. And that requires creativity and surrender.
2: There's a, I, I use the expression, I'd like to have a day where I could just sit and veg, okay? And that means just not to have to do anything for anyone but myself. I'd like to sit in my bed with the TV on and books around me and just do anything I want to do. And if I want to fall asleep on a book, I want to be able to do that. And I know that doesn't sound like something that should be thrilling, but it really is something <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that totally I am thrilling. so looking but forward to.
1: I uh, read right, somewhere the other day, I can't remember who that person is, a woman uh, when she travels, her biggest uh, gift is to be in a hotel room for, I think, 24 hours and order a hamburger to be served on the bed while she's uh Either going through a newspaper or um, reading a book, but it's that present of the presence of the hamburger on her bed sheets. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what she goes you, for. You
0: know, I think it's so wonderful if we did a survey of what personal nirvana is to each person. Yes. You know, because for some people, like for me, it would definitely be no television
1: at all, ever in my life. At, okay. Well,
0: right, because it, it, that's a whole nother story. Yes. The manipulation of the media. Mm-hmm. And, and its impact on our lives and how it doesn't let us rest. And we did decide to absolutely fast on the political controversy.
2: And I, that was wise. Uh, yeah. Was well, it's, wise.
0: Just, it, it's just irritating. Um, the, it, it's irritating enough to hear a voice from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. My challenge to you, Jen, would be to have that same nirvana without the input of media. You could read it. Let's say you could read it. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to do this challenge? You can have the New York Times, the Chicago Sun, the The Miami Herald, the the Marana and Oro Valley, (laughs) you know, homeowners. Yes. (laughs) You can bring in all the input you want, but the synthesizing voice, the mediating
2: voice, is your own mediating voice well what i've decided to do and i probably will not do as you've suggested (laughs) what, what, what i have done though is i've um cut down the amount of time that i spend with these pundits and um so now and i listen to it very carefully i only do about two hours a day which might sound a lot to some people. Holy moly. Okay, (laughs) well, but I only do two hours of the political thing a day because I really enjoy it, all right? Mm -hmm. And I was talking to um, a friend here in Tucson, and she was saying how they are getting together to register 100,000 Latinos to vote. That excites me, all right?
0: And I'm going to be part of that it's so interesting that the refreshment for some people is stimulation, and refreshment for other people is lack of stimulation. And it's another thing to pay attention to. When we come back, let's let's focus each on a kernel of this triangle of refreshment and um, reflect and remind, and let's let's see where that leaves us. Great. Let's do it.
1: So, we're sitting around that table, and three words have surfaced. They are refresh, remind, and reflect. They happen to be all our words. So, that's an interesting aspect in itself. But let's examine each of those, perhaps, and see how that fits into our lives. Yeah, Dr. Let's Andrea? Do it
0: like individually. Yeah. So, for instance, I have refresh yes. in front of me, which was um, what? Uh, Jennifer was asking before about refreshment and I think it's important to say or to at least reflect Mm -hmm. upon the kinds of refreshment the kinds of things that refresh us like when I was swimming in that pond in Maine it was so amazingly refreshing that I felt like every cell in my body came alive which can happen through any exercise but because there were so many senses involved It was such a sensory experience in that there was the cold of the lake there was the warmth of the sun there was the smell that was different from being in arizona um the organic smell really being like in the earth was extremely refreshing um but it was also a reminder of childhood and how refreshed i would feel when i would swim in the ocean and then bury myself in the hot sand and I was spinning inside and then calmly quieting down and it was fabulous. So it was also a reminder.
1: Yes. And that is a word that I'm reflecting on, which is uh, remind. What are the reminders in my life that trigger new beginnings and impact how I think and how I live? And the reminders that come to mind is, so often it's things that we know but uh, through meditation I'm reminded that being quiet is such a wonderful experience to have or the silly little changing of how the shoes are pointed and how that reminds me that I took some action and it should elicit some change so I'm looking forward and anticipating that change so it's those physical um, reminders that are so fun and to watch your animation it's like as you um pave the way
0: for yourself to bloom you yes. could practically feel it and the cool thing is when you take responsibility for it in other words you're taking responsibility for creating the conditions so that you flourish yes. and that's what you were doing before jan when you said i'm anticipating these eight weeks i need these eight weeks i'm going to send about set boundaries if i can around these eight weeks I'm creating the condition to bloom to grow to learn to flourish to restore to
2: refresh it's going to be wonderful and I'll keep my fellow boomers uh, on that are listeners to us I'll keep you informed as to how my eight weeks went Um, I like that I think it's very
0: interesting to revisit a commitment to either be accountable or to share the results of the experiment. This is an experiment. Absolutely. This is what
2: you did. Because for all of our listeners that might be on the same page with me, I want to let you know if it works. And we'd like to hear from you, too. So if you're you're going to experiment with it, then please go online and tell us what your thoughts were and how you got through your time of reminding or reflecting and refreshing refreshing yourself. Um, I was very moved by, um, you know, we all know I'm a political junkie, and I was very moved by the Democratic Convention and Mr. and Mrs. Khan when they came on the stage and they talked about the Gold Star family. Well uh I didn't know what, a, hadn't been introduced to the phrase Gold Star Families before that convention. And um, as a result of that, I kind of did a little research and I found that um, I was interested in finding out about other families. So I wanted to reach out to some families right here in the Tucson area. And I was fortunate enough to um, meet a young man who had gone to high school uh, and graduated with his best friend and this young man had gone off to war and was killed in Afghanistan and he was kind enough to give me the information about how to contact his mother uh, who is a gold star mom so I I did call her and I'm gonna make this a, a short story because we are going to be doing a wonderful show on the gold star mothers here in Tucson and so we We met, and she said, I've got five more mothers. Would you like to speak with them as well? So, you know, we talk about every woman having a story. Well, these women have extraordinary stories about the loss of their children. So I'm so looking forward to sharing their stories with all of you.
1: That would be a great episode to come up in the near future.
0: And I think in terms of what's restorative for you, Jennifer, the um, curiosity to follow up, the energy that you got from the synchronicity of meeting this young man, the synchronicity of hooking up with this woman so that now your curiosity gets to be fulfilled, and then the anticipation of what you can do creatively to share with our world the meaning of this and And I I,
2: so look forward to this yes and it's
0: restorative to, to you yes it is to do this path this way and that's in a way kind of the takeaway here it may sound to some people well that's that's not restful but it's restorative it restores the spirit and we have to remember how important it is to do that whichever the way is we do it so welcome to each and everybody's world of reminders, reflections, and refreshments. Imagine the possibilities. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Dr. Andrea, Jennifer, and Bibi, your boom goddesses, signing off. Each voice of wisdom shares ripples out into our universe and inspires so many others. Namaste. For technical reasons, portions of this program have been pre-recorded.